BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is, if you're live on YouTube Sunday night after Niners Vikings, or listen to the podcast whenever you're listening. Uh, Monday night. Thank you. Oh, thank God. One day closer to a Tito's Thursday for me. Ugh. We are brought to you by Tito. Uh, I'm Guy. That's John. It's our YouTube channel and our podcast brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Uh, before we get to the football, uh, let's get to the football. Tito's. Uh, I, I, let's see. I think I'm going to be three for three on predicting who Middlecoff is going to give a Tito's toast to. Brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Do you have one in mind? I think any time that you get labeled as a complete scrub on primetime, like the narrative of your career is you are terrible on primetime. That's literally yeah. how everyone talks about Kirk Cousins' entire right. career. Good right. player, makes a lot of money, throws up a bunch of production, made the playoffs a couple times. Primetime, bet against that guy. To go 35-45 as a big underdog at home and just – I'm sure he's he definitely had better games in terms of touchdown passes, but – he will, I mean, I don't know, Tom Brady meets Peyton Manning tonight. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, season on the line kind of for them, right? All of a sudden they're back in their divisional race after the Lions got their asses kicked by the Ravens. So John's <laughs> giving a Tito's toast to Kirk Cousins without Justin Jefferson. Um, Kirk Cousins, Monday night, primetime Kirk. Maybe Kyle brings it out of him just by being in the room, not necessarily coaching him. Um, I thought you were going to, I was wrong. I thought you were definitely going with, uh, Bruce Bochy tonight, another game seven elimination win for Boch. Didn't even have to use Bumgarner. Um, Tito's to celebrate. Tito's to uh, commiserate. Tito's for everything in between. America's original craft vodka. Distilled in bottle in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Check out titosvodka.com for recipes and more with Halloween coming up. Parties coming up. Party season is upon us. Tito's is a great gift. Yes. No one has ever gone Bruce Bochy, Gabe Kapler, Bob Melvin. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's like, it doesn't even Michael make sense. Michael Harbaugh, somehow... <laughs> Tom Sula, Shanahan. Yeah, something like I, that. I mean, not quite. I mean, Bochy's better Bob, than everybody. Bob took down the Dodgers last year, didn't he? Yeah, I'm just saying Bochy is way, Bochy better than everybody I named. Yeah. yeah Harbaugh. Bochy would be like Andy Reid or something. Belichick. I mean, if the Diamondbacks were to take out the Phillies, Bochy might get a fourth. <laughs> I don't know if Bochy's beating the Phillies, but I can see him beat the Diamondbacks. Uh, all right, John. I didn't even know the baseball game was on. Uh, I got to sneeze. Hold on. Well, where do we start? A lot of culprits here. 
We could start with a kicker who I like actually redeemed off, re- redeemed himself a little bit. Yeah. We could start with Steve Wilkes, who got worked again. Or we could just start with, I would say, one of the most polarizing guys in the NFL. Uh, really, both the quarterbacks. I mean, anytime that you get Kirk Cousins versus Brock Purdy, if I was opening on first take or one of the shows, pretty easy where to start. To start with the quarterbacks and then work it on from there. So, obviously, Cousins destroyed the 49ers which we will get into Steve Wilkes, but Brock Purdy, who a large percentage of this game, I thought was like, fuck, this is a major upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. And even Aikman, as the game was going on, was like, look how his timing, his rhythm, this young guy's really good. Aikman dropped his former offensive coordinator who had, I'm sure, retired somewhere in Arizona, but it just had the itch, somehow gets with Perry High School and is coaching Brock Purdy. Uh, probably not random. He's like, well, what team has the best quarterback? And then he gravitated toward that school. And then he threw not one, but two interceptions down the last, what, five minutes of actual game time. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the, the last two Niners drives ended in interceptions and not just interceptions, but what the, what type interceptions, uh, my list of reasons for the Niners lost the Vikings goes like this in order. Couldn't get off the field on defense. We can go through all these topics as we go. We'll get to the quarterback, go deep on Brock. Do you have the final uh, numbers of the third down defense? Because they were 70% at one time. Yeah, it was it was 87 of 89, I think. Uh, <laughs> 8 of 13. 8 of 13. Yeah, at one point, they were 7 of 10. The part of the defense was like, they gave up 452 in offense to the Vikings, but only gave up six points in the second half. But one thing became clear very quickly. We've always known this. We've talked about this forever. The Niners typically are like a, I've always compared them to a, the Princeton offense. They, it takes a lot for them to score. So being behind isn't good. The Niners, when they control the clock, it's a domination. When the other team controls the clock, you can just feel the game. The moments like slipping away. It puts so much pressure on every possession, which is what the Niners do to teams. Minnesota did to them what they do to teams tonight, to other teams tonight. So 452 but only six second half points. That's all they gave up. Six second half points, which, you know, on one hand you go, if I told you coming into the game, the Vikings were going to score 22 points, you would have said, ah, it's going to be a game, but you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have chalked up at L, right? 25, 22, 28, 22, 30 to 22. I got to say, to your credit, you said on the last pod, this thing's got all the makings of it's going to be weird. It's going to be you're going to be down ten nothing in a weird game because the Vikings are going to come out swinging on Monday Night Football. Well, you could feel it from the start. They got freaking Dave Winfield blowing the thing with the whole place going like this. It, it does look awesome. I, I would say coolest opening opening in the NFL. A big game there. I mean, lighting the torch, obviously, but Raider game. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that one. The, 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 rolled out Dave freaking Winfield. It was like, this is cool. If you just like sports, I mean, that was a cool moment. And then you pick them off, and then several plays later, your best player fumbles. And as you said, Aaron Banks does a belly flop. Like, belly flop. I checked, I texted Jeff Schwartz. I'm like, look, bro, I know it's hard, but that can't be protocol. He was like, recovering fumbles is really hard. You never practice it. I was like, that's actually a great point. You probably never practice it. But you can't I, just belly I'm flop. I'm not blaming it. I'm not blaming Banks, but I do think the game right away – they pick Cousins off. And even O'Connell said at the end of the first quarter, it was like, we like, you know, one-on-one matchup, ISO slant, and you pick it off. It's like, oh, momentum, 
easy, minimum three, but boom, Maybe. you drive, you score, and then no. And then obviously they score, and the Niners were on their heels all game. If this yeah. was a boxing match, they were against the ropes the overwhelming majority of the game. Yeah, if they wanted, even just when they were getting it off, they kind of got shoved back to the ropes. You would, yeah, you would have said the Vikings. If the Niners had found a way to win that game, they would have stolen it, right? Which is fine; it doesn't matter how you win it, but it would have been a steal. And, um, and listen, a lot of good teams have stolen random games on the road in the NFL. That's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, if you're you're competing with the Eagles to win the NFC, you're going to find a way to win this. It's one of those that everyone talks about in a couple of months. Remember that crazy Vikings game? Yeah. When, I know, when the Niners pulled out of their ass, that's fine. Like you, you're allowed to have some of those. The, Last week would have but been. But the, the to me, the Browns, they got shoved around. It's one thing to get physically shoved around. It's another thing to just get shredded in the passing game. Shredded. Yeah. Shredded. Shredded. By his, I mean, by Kirk Cousins, who's, again, really good player. I don't know. The Vikings, what, are they just going to let this guy walk? I was also having the thought, like, the Atlanta Falcons, the Green Bay Packers, they're going to be some other teams that would be interested for a couple-year deal with this guy. Yeah, the there. problem for the Vikings will be maybe it's not that they want him out so much as it's just going to be so cost-prohibitive to bring him back, right? What would you guess someone Panthers. would give? You, the if Panthers. I told you someone gave him a two-year deal, no, you can't after trading. Like, what would the Falcons give this guy? Two years, 80 million? 90 million? Yeah. Um, Derek just got 70, so why wouldn't yeah. he get more? So couldn't get off the field on defense. That, that's why I had number one. Number two, you hit on it. Two picks plus the baby zone fumble. And not just the baby zone fumble, but what comes next? Number reason, number three, are they a bad road team? Last week it was weather. This week it was noise. They had to use a timeout to stop a delay of game because they couldn't get a play in in the second half. That's um, a Jimmy Garoppolo Harbaugh special. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. They averaged 33 points per game through the first five. We remember that. They were scoring 30 points every week, and then they scored 35, and they scored 42. They've scored 17 points the last two weeks. Um, and I think – so their scoring is down 50%. Their scoring is down 50% in the last two weeks. And I think a reason why it was down this week is because they played on the road, which some people are going to hear that as an excuse. It's not. It's not good to not be a good team on the road. But that goes back to your point on the McCaffrey fumble – you score a touchdown on that drive, which they were moving the ball. Like it was kind of going to be a bonus because they took over in Vikings territory. So Kyle was going to get to use his opening script on two drives to start the game. He was going to use it there. And then he, Kyle put out a few plays that I hadn't seen him pull out before. So they were in a rhythm. You score, you take the crowd out of it. That was going to be a big deal. And instead they get the ball and they march down the field and answer with multiple big, like that first drive, the second drive, from the Vikings was kind of an indication of what was to come. It's one thing to pick up third and threes. Like the the Eagles kind of take your soul when they're picking up fourth and ones. It's an but it it's a different kind of soul stealing when it's fourth and twelve. I mean third and twelve, second and sixteen, and somehow they convert it right fourth and third and nine, and they convert it. Hawkinson they, was killing them tonight. Hawkinson and Addison. I mean the two of them. They sprinkled in Brendan whatever, but. Those two guys killed him. Greenlaw was getting gassed early in the game because Hawkinson was killing him. Um, shout out to yeah, Greenlaw man. and Fred Warner for walking off the field after four quarters under their own power. If you're looking for a positive, holy smokes. When he went down and it was, you know, he's grabbing his knee, which turned out to just be an all-time Charlie horse, and he was screaming in pain. I'm like, there's just 
this is not like a random NBA injury where he's going to be shaking it off. I, I, the replay is going to be devastating. And it turned out it wasn't, I was for sure when they went to break and it left, clearly the mic was picking him up screeching. I think probably the sky cam that's right there. I I thought, did he rip his knee? Did he tear his Achilles? Did he shatter something that hurts? Yeah. Did he shatter a bone that was kind of sticking out of his pant? Uh, that was the one positive is that they didn't lose and lose Fred Warner for the season. Cause as someone texted me, I went two weeks ago from thinking undefeated Super Bowl to the season is over. If Fred is carted off the field and yeah. it, it, in fairness, it might've been yeah, not over. I mean, they still could make the playoffs, but it would, I don't know if you overcome that 10 bucks on the stream from TJ to say Niners are 0 two since Middlecoff talked about an undefeated season. Yeah, we got a little ahead of ourselves. Well, no, I, I think you're right. The season flashed before my eyes when I saw Fred Warner screaming on the ground. Well, okay, let's just start with, before we get into Purdy, let's start with yeah. the coaching element on defense. D'Amico, the last couple years, wasn't good. He was great. Like, that. that is elite defensive coordination, right? And we've seen it now multiple times. He was better than Sala, and Sala was good. I mean, Sala yeah. was good enough to be in the head coaching mix. To me, the best two coordinators we've seen with the Niners over the last decade plus have been Fangio and D'Amico. I would have D- I would have Saul a third. And this is a downgrade. Period, point blank, end of story, not debatable. Doesn't mean, remember, D'Amico had been on Saul's staff, so knew the players, knew the schemes, was comfortable with all the guys. All the guys who had been drafted, even that weren't playing, that were going to play, he, he knew them all personally and professionally in terms of strengths and weaknesses. This guy's brand new, right? Was on a completely different team. But there's no way around it. It is not as dominant of a defense right now as it has been. And to me, it doesn't feel like they're playing any less fast. Like 57, 29, 54 are still flying around like bat out of hell. Think they're tackling but well? It, uh, probably not as well, but I – you don't tackle really in NFL practice. To me, it's more you are getting out uh, out thought. Yeah, they're getting hit with these screens. They're getting hit with these over the middle. Like he knows a couple times a night. It's like they knew when he wanted to blitz, and he had the call for it. I, yeah. I thought tonight Kevin O'Connell felt like McVeigh or Shanahan against a defensive coordinator who has good players, and those guys are just doing what they're told, and they were just out of position. Just like last week, what did they get gashed on? Now it's different when you're playing Cousins because you gotta you gotta defend every blade of grass, right? He can throw right, he can throw left, he can throw deep. PJ Walker, it was clear he couldn't, and they were getting gashed on screens and kind of misdirections, taking advantage of the Niners' over aggression. Well, tonight shouldn't after you get hit once, shouldn't he kind of just curtail what you're doing a little bit? Doesn't mean you scrap the blitz, but I'm all for blitzing just like I'm all for going for it, but there's kind of a time and a place and it bit him a couple times the night big. And I'm not even talking about the touchdown at the end of the half. I'm just talking on big third downs. You don't need to be blitzing when you have Willis and Bowman or you have Greenlaw and, and Warner. If it's third and eight, more than likely, unless they go outside the numbers, then it's just on your corner. But if they're going to do some sort of dump down or over the middle, you like your chances with those guys. And he, when he sends them after Kirk Cousins, say this for Cousins, he's clearly been in the league and good enough. Like he, the ball, he's going to get rid of it before they get home. Yeah, and he can just kind of slide 
Like he's your, he's a last of a dying breed, cannot move at all. It's all in the pocket, right? So if the ball's out, it's out within the pocket. Even the final, was it the final pass? One of the final passes where even Troy's like, I thought he was sacked. I'm like, I did too. And then he, it was, he made it was the, the third and three to Jordan Addison for 16 yards. I thought he was, he disappeared. If they get a stop there, they don't have to use a timeout and they get the ball back with like two minutes and 10 seconds and um, one of their timeouts. Yeah. I thought he was down. no time, no timeout in the pros. You don't see it as like, I would say that's a pretty consistent sequence in college in the pros. Maybe you get one or two of those true, like, you know, down four or five, you need a touchdown, no timeouts left. The clock goes fast. I mean, you don't have yeah. much time. I don't, um, uh, I think that the thing you said to me is what really stood out is that in those moments where it was like, you're going to see the, it's not about the game plan so much as about, I'm guessing what you're doing. You're guessing what I'm doing. Chess, chess, uh, chess match. Kevin O'Connor. But it's not, it's not, it's not guessing, right? Well, no, it's not guessing, but I mean, I, you know, one of us is going to be wrong or we're both going to be right. And your good play is going to beat my good play, right? Steve Wilkes might say, wait a second. End of the first half. I brought the house. Mooney Ward was right there. He knocks the ball down on third and 16. You guys are punting. That play doesn't bother me. That play, that play doesn't bother me. Yeah. Doesn't bother me. So your, um, your star corners it, in position to make a play. It's 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 third and fives that bother me. That that, that play. By the I think way, we that, have to acknowledge a little freaky, right? That play was freaky, and it definitely was not. If Kevin O'Connell knew what was coming, then that's pretty impressive. Because I sent you the next gen stat said that on that play, the Jordan Addison touchdown right before the half, the Niners seven man pass rush. It's the first time since week eleven of twenty twenty that a team sent a seven man pass rush in the last 30 seconds of a half in opponent territory. Hasn't been done in three years, almost two and a half years in the NFL. So if Kevin O'Connell knew that one was coming, uh, you kind of got to tip your cap. But to your point, even though you didn't get the sack, it worked. Uh, I think the thing that, tell me this, are Kevin Stefanski, uh, Kevin Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell. So two weeks in a row, kind of similar offensive coaches, right? Next week, Zach Taylor. It'll be interesting. Like, this is a big test next week. Not We're not jumping ahead to Joe Burrow, but I would say these last two offensive coaches had pretty impressive days against Steve Wilkes. When this, these were kind of him against the OC going toe-to-toe. Last week was also Kyle against, against their DC. That was a big part of it, right? He owns Kyle right now. But today, today, today was harder, right? Because PJ at any moment could throw you the ball. This guy was pretty dialed. And he's yeah. just a good player. His pick wasn't and, really his fault. Yeah, and for for whatever reason, the 49ers pass rush didn't really I mean, how have they kicked his ass? Hasn't. How have they kicked Goff's ass? Not how are they not hasn't. getting to the quarterback? Yeah, how's that possible? We're, 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 listen, he had a couple of big plays against the run, but what how is Nick not smoking the quarterback? I watch all the other top pass rushers are constantly crushing the quarterback. I mean, the Bosa holdout doubled, right? The, the Bosa holdout, the transition has not been smooth, right? We have to acknowledge that. It has not been holdout, no problem, 15 sack season. Maybe he has more sacks than I feel. How many sacks does Nick Bosa have right now? If I had to guess, I'd say two and a half. No more than two. I bet you look, it's like four, but. No, I don't think it is. He has. Robbie says, feels like Bosa is still holding out. He has two and a half. Two and a half. 
which is just not good enough. Not they even one today. No, against an immobile quarterback. I know he gets the ball out fast, but it's just not good enough for what you're paying for. Like you're paying for Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, and they're just not getting that right now. And they and here's the thing: they've really needed. No, they're paying. Their teams are paying for TJ Watt, and Miles Garrett. You're paying more. True. Yeah, you're paying more, and it, you just you like today would have been. What did we say coming in? Okay, this is a two sack game from Nick. One in the second half. That's on third and seven. You get the sack. They didn't feel like they were that close. Drake Jackson. Is he not vibing with Wilkes. No, Drake Jackson alive. Um, Armstead still on the team. Yeah. Yep, he is. Their defensive line is not playing as well. As it has you know what's crazy, too? And this is where this game's a little weird. They did get some huge stops in the game on the goal line, <laughs> held them to field goals on two occasions, right? Well, yeah, Fred's playing like, uh, you know, Dick Butkus. <laughs> I mean, on, when, to me, that's just Fred and the D tackles. Like, I, to me, that was just the linebackers. Cousins did miss probably two touchdown throws, right? We threw like 99 mile an hour fastballs. The Vikings missed two. Like their receivers, him and one receiver not on the same page. Yeah. I think if he has the one back in the corner of the end zone where it was more of a lollipop instead of a fastball, he probably hits that most. I bet he's kicking himself. Yeah. I think honestly, this this could have been 34 17. (laughs) It felt more 34 17 than 22 17. O'Connell packed it on a couple fourth downs, just took the field goals, which turned out to be the right thing to do. Right. Yeah, and even Buck said the stats clearly they got a guy that the, the chart says in the NFL go for it. And typically yeah. he does. Yep. He kicked the it, field goal. His guy I mean, I guess his guy missed at the end of the game. He did drain the one. And missed an extra point. And missed an extra point, yeah. Which could have Moody been also I, I would say Moody's missed field goal came into play big time. It's a lot different being down a touchdown. Now it's it's hard to play the butterfly effect. Right. It doesn't really work like that. A missed field goal in the first game or in the first quarter or, you know, the first half does not equate always to like, well, that would have been the score because then your right. strategy changes. Also, if he hits a 55 yarder, you kind of got to take a step, drills a 55 yarder under pressure. You kind of got to take a step back. Given this, when he nails the kick, his expression looks the same as when he misses. Also, weird. I don't want to go glass half full here because everyone's uh, mad tonight, John, but. Weird to have a game where you're complaining, not complaining, rightfully criticizing the defense when you also watch Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw live up to the hype, both of them. Although Fred Warner did like knee drop a guy, no penalty on that. Greenlaw. Yeah, Greenlaw. Randy Gregory looked better than both. Knee drop. I mean, listen, it's football. This isn't softball. You just, you got to live on the edge a little bit. Um, One on one situations with Mooney Ward, you would have liked to have seen him win without trouble. Niners got bailed out a couple times on defensive illegal contact because the ball wasn't out of Cousins' hand yet instead of pass interference. You mean the one where they ran the double route and he ran right into Ward? Yeah. And even Troy was like, oh, pretty lucky he ran into him because that would have been uh, pay dirt, as yeah, you guys yeah. like to say. Dirt, or if the ball was gone, it would have been a 30-yard penalty. Yeah. And then on Oliver, too, when they had the clip of uh, Kevin O'Connell telling the referee, watch three, and he crossed over Oliver and, you know. <laughs> That's a bad match. That's an awful matchup for him. But again, that's credit to the that's credit to the OC. Also, how about the Niners not snapping the ball when eight Vikings were on defense? 
I was looking at it. I didn't know eight. I probably eight. assumed I've never seen that. Ten. said it, John. I've never seen eight. Yeah, he's like, I've seen 12. I've seen 10. It wasn't just eight at the time. If you were just watching it live and you didn't, even if you thought there were 11, there was no one over the left guard. Part of it is like, hey, Purdy, I understand Kyle probably tells you you're not allowed to audible or do anything he doesn't let you do. That's one. Get under there. Hit him in the ass. Get the ball and just go forward. There was no one over the center of the guard all the way after the tackle. They were, they were in, in the linebacker. There was one on the other side. It was wide open. You can't tell me Peyton Manning or Tom Brady doesn't grab it and kind of jump forward. Exactly. Those are type plays that you got to have like some instincts. I understand the two minute warning. I, I never understand just not trying to get an extra playoff sometimes, but. I mean, I guess you look at it in theory like we get a look at their defense and then we come out of the timeout. Did the Niners call it? No, that was in the first half. Did they call a timeout coming out of that? Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. Because the Vikings didn't come back out in the same defense, John. The Vikings decided to play an 11-man defense. And Kyle's like, whoa, different defense than before the two-minute. I'm going to take this timeout here. The tush bush is not really a 49er playoff. Well, did you see what Sirianni said? He was like, where's the camera? And he looks right in the camera and he goes, nobody can do it like we can do it. The Niners can't do it, clearly. They don't even attempt. They just run a sneak. Poorly. Very. Well, the second one, he just leaped forward, got low. But like so, Steve Wilkes, it. I mean, I just... Could do it. Everybody would. Where's the camera? <laughs> if everybody could do it, everybody would do it. How about the 49ers implement it? Yeah, I, I don't know if they can. I mean, Cousins almost got himself killed on it. I just, how about, just turn around and give it to Jordan Mason. Oh, we got no carries. We'll give it to Elijah Mitchell. Oh, he's a shell of himself. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always. And you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to ButcherBox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at ButcherBox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the Lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin-safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling 
every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, Boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code ham. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars to oh yeah i was just looking at some pictures of a concert luke bryan my wife and i went to i don't know 10 years ago she had some old cowboy boots on this is like a couple weeks ago and i said you, you need some new boots because we're going to see luke combs so she went to to Com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps cowboy hats bandanas you name it they'll get you outfitted if you can't make it to a store tecovas delivers the most premium quality most comfortable western goods right to your door visit tecovas.com that's t-e-c-o-v-a-s.com and point your toes west can i tell you about my friends very very good friends and mainly because i've been using this app for a long time game time They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you Sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough, and here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year 
and saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. How did Elijah Mitchell skip Jordan Mason in the lunch line here? Didn't we just watch Jordan Mason early in the season run his ass off downhill? How is what is going on? Isn't this a meritocracy? The NFL one once a guy you get you. injured. I wasn't with you last listen, week. I'm with you now. I, what, what are we doing? Like Jordan Mason just runs his ass off. In fairness to Elijah Mitchell, he's always injured. His play speed is going the other way. Jordan Mason is one of the faster playing players the Niners have. Hits the hole like it's going to be the last carry of his life. Then all of a sudden they just go to Minnesota, a fast track. They're like, ah, oh, Jordan just. Just eat some sunflower seeds with uh, P. Diddy. I mean, Debo over here. Well, what are we doing? Uh, what me, are we doing? I will say this. It makes sense to me to give Elijah the ball if your plan is like he's getting 10 touches today. But if you're not getting him up to speed, right? Like if you're not working on it, which obviously in this game you can't, then he is he is operating at 40% right now of what Jordan Mason gives you. To me, Jordan's like Ray Ray. They may get one or two touches, but I know that they're going to try as hard as they can with their legs, right? They're going to run humanly fast as possible. Elijah's kind of feeling it out. Then all of a sudden, like three Vikings, he's on his back. What What is going on? I do not understand, though. He's a shell. I understand coming into the season, Mitchell's ahead of him if he's healthy. But then the season happens. A guy gets injured. Another guy gets to play. Looks awesome. Don't you just, in college, high school, Pro football, you usually just stay with that until you're proven otherwise. Yeah. Oh, don't coaches always say it's not about feelings. Best man plays. Well, maybe, is he look just, great in practice? I mean, I don't. They don't know he tackles, so I don't know. Right at this point, how do you know? But Mason will be like, you see me in the games, guy. What, what are we talking about? Uh, John, let's talk about uh, Brock Purdy before we do this because we've gotten a lot of super chats on the stream. I just want to hit a few of these, and uh, then we'll react to all of them because they're all Purdy related. Matt. Says uh, twenty law. Thank you, Matt. Twenty loss. Two losses came down to relying on a rookie QB that makes less than your third round kicker. That chokes. Where's all the money going to star players? And what did they do? Uh, Jonas says the first pretty interception was a misread by Jennings. It was zone. He should have flattened the end between the safety and the linebackers instead of the stutter double move. That's why the, the throw was off. And finally, Glass City. John, how do you think Cobble approached Purdy this week? Other than those two horrendous picks at the end, he was efficient and played well. Is this the learning curve of a 23-year-old quarterback or the deficiencies of Brock Purdy? All right, so all of that leads us to talking about the quarterback. My issue with the first pick is simple. He had been throwing with anticipation over the middle of the field all game long. 
But there's one thing to throw a guy open as he's breaking in. Maybe Jose Lima is Kyle Shanahan's son, knows the play that, listen, he wasn't even close, even if he's shimmy and shaking, to break in. There's no way with a leap on a trampoline he would have been able to get there. Even Well, he, oh. he kind of stumbled. Even, I'm with you. Even without the stumble, he's not there. So when you throw the ball directly at the guy in the other jersey and the guy's no, nowhere close, because part of throwing that ball, you're, you're going to have to see him a little bit in your peripheral vision. It was devastating. To me, the second pick, I, I do think your back's against the wall. you got to push the ball downfield. You could feel it immediately once the clock got to 30. they got to go a long ways here, and if they hit a play over the middle, it could get down to the teens fast. They're not going to have that many shots. So what are you really supposed to do? you got to keep the pedal to the metal. It's like I told you. It's alarming to see how little time you have with no timeouts in an under-two-minute NFL drive relative to college where it feels like you got seven timeouts because the clock and stops after first downs. You could just feel it. I I kept thinking even if Purdy makes some awesome plays and Ayuk does a one-hander, they might only get to like the 20-yard line and have yeah. one play. At the, it, it was just going to be hard to get down the field. Yeah. I felt the opposite about those two interceptions. I thought the first interception was bad. It was a what the hell, but if, you know, um that that interception is not the result of a bad decision or poor skill or like trying to do too much. It was a, I think it was a bad throw combined with he really, it feels like more than most quarterbacks throws and maybe has to throw with anticipation. Maybe Tua does it too, just because of his arm throws with so much anticipation. And I think missed the throw. Um, the second throw, the second interception, the across the body throw over the middle, trying to layer it over a guy. I mean, you could argue it was just a ballsy throw. I thought it was a borderline reckless throw. Now, you're right. Late game, no timeouts, got to make plays. Like, you're not going to be able to dink and dunk your way. And the other thing, watching the replay, obviously the L22 is not out yet. But from what you can tell from the end zone view that they showed the replay of, they were protecting the sidelines. And the Niners had run everybody pretty much down the field. Your one kind of dump-off option there, McCaffrey was covered because the defender played him to the outside and McCaffrey broke to the outside. McCaffrey did not break to the middle of the field because of course he didn't break to the middle of the field, but uh, so there might not have been anywhere to go with the ball other than throw it away or try to run just, for the sideline. I just rewatched it like three times. He couldn't have run away. There was a defender. Uh, yeah, right he couldn't have. I agree with you. I, there was a guy. In, so I, you know, I don't, it, it, you, it may be that there wasn't a play to be made there because everybody did look like it was covered from what I saw. But you just hate to have the game end with time on the clock, with you throwing on the run across your body. I like the throw. You throw the ball to, away. Yeah, I mean that would be the play, right? I mean, now. It, well, see, it I, I'd ar I'd argue, guy, when we go back to the first pick, I don't know the exact time on the clock. It under five minutes. Was there four on the clock when he when he threw the first? Um, pick? You know, it was first and ten. I'd have to go back and look at the timing as well. I, I would say that. I just want to get the time right to make. I'll tell you point. here in a second. Interception happened with five five thirty six. So it's it's fair to say that you got that position and maybe one more, maybe right. So the possessions at that point in time, ball security, and I think sometimes we when you say ball security, people think fumble. I, coaches say that they also mean quarterback throwing the ball. Keep. 
be careful with the ball. I think you have to be very careful with your decision-making. And if you're going to push the ball downfield when you're only down right at the time when he throws his first well, down, one, five. down five. Yeah. So at it's mid- the same score at, at the end of the game. And that was first down. That I, I just – I'd rather have you kind of doing some Derek Carr dump-offs, just being very careful with the ball because you cannot turn it over. And I, I the game ended there. It felt like the game ended there. I know they got another shot, got a little lucky. The kid missed. The, or I don't know if he's a kid. I don't even know who the field goal kicker is, but he missed the field goal. Yeah, that it just that that pick was really devastating, especially when you factored in they only had two timeouts. They couldn't stop month or down. You start doing the math in your head. You're like, it's going to be very hard. To, they just haven't been able to get up the field. And I'm not. I'm not. That's not Brock's fault about the defense. But my point about putting the ball into harm's way there. It's why my issue with the last play, and when I went back to rewatch it, but even when I was watching it live, twenty-five seconds, he's where he's dropped back. It's almost a fifty-yard line. They got to get the ball down the field. He's somewhat there's there's a level of desperation that if they would have had one timeout, at least there wouldn't have been. But the desperation with the clock was, and listen, I, I understand the nuance to. He's like, listen, every time, and maybe Kyle would say, Juwan Jennings is an idiot. <laughs> We've gone over this play a million times when they're playing this coverage, he's got to cheat it inside. That's great. But that's a play at that point in time in the game. I just don't think you can let rip. Uh, and the sad part is before that, I thought he was playing like a brilliant game. At one point in time, he was like 19 to 24. He's carving him up. I thought he was really good without the interceptions. Troy like, was saying it too. Troy thing. was like, these two quarterbacks have been awesome tonight. Like, I, like here's the thing. And we'll go to Brock, we'll get to a grade and Brock's second half stats, fourth quarter stats. Um, but I don't actually feel any differently about I don't like Brock to me in a crazy way. This is gonna sound great, kind of bounced back from the Browns game. Like I thought all things considered. Now, in crunch time, he had a moment to have a moment, and twice he didn't have a moment. He had a bad moment. The one thing I Picks. will add, the one thing I will add on the, the worst thing you could have. Picks. The worst thing you could have. The one thing I'll add on the first interception was the other reason I would defend it a little is to me, it looked exactly like their offense always looks like that is he, he has thrown that ball a hundred times. Like I've seen them look Brock throws it guys, not out of his break yet. That like, that is just what they do, right? That is just what he does to me. It's a pretty normal play for them. The other play now I'll grant you this, like it's an abnormal situation, but that's a very abnormal play. Like that is, you know, I the first thing I thought it was far of throwing it over the middle for the Vikings. Obviously, in the playoff, very different situation. But but you just go back he, and look at what we're supposed to go. Uh, yeah, I mean, it might have been a throwaway. It might have been a bad play. It might have been they're going to be defending the sidelines. If you're going to throw that ball, throw the check. Let McCaffrey cut it inside and throw it to him for eight yards, and then run up and spike the ball again. I don't know, but maybe it would have been 15 I, yards. I I, I, that, I just want that's my point on the first throw. It's like that is what they do. Like that. If he's going to throw a pick on that ball tonight, he's going to throw a pick on that ball again. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm i with you. I'm not acting – I'm benching the guy. I just think tonight, interceptions and turnovers cost you in games. Yeah. McCaffrey fumble cost him. No different than these picks. Well, I don't, what was the turnover margin? Three to one? I mean, it was – you're just not on the road against a desperate team. You have three turnovers – Three, if I told you coming into the game they're going to have three turnovers, you'd be like, that's a problem. 
Yeah, and that for, and the first interception did feel Jimmy-esque. I will say that, even though I was defending it to a point. To me, it was just so devastating given the time of the game. It was a... Uh, Why? On first down. You, well, just five minutes left in the game. Your defense has not stopped a soul all night. It just felt problematic. You don't have all your timeouts because you had to blow one Harbaugh style on a delay a game. It's why the other day when McVay couldn't challenge the play, I didn't feel that much sympathy. He didn't have any timeouts at the end of the game. Like it's kind of, you know, having timeouts at the end of the game to me is a big reflection of just an operation. One thing in the first half, weird shit happens at the, the second half, those timeouts in a league that is consistently one score with under five minutes are like gold. Cause even random teams can get you three and out and get the ball back. Like you got to have the timeouts. But missing the one timeout is very costly, yeah. right? Literally, 40 seconds. So, I mean, is there a – do we need to take a beat and evaluate Brock Purdy again? CBS Sports has his fourth quarter stats when trailing. 12 of 31, 166, no touchdowns, three picks. Passer rating of 17. Monday night he was 5 of 11 for 58 yards, two picks, no touchdowns in the fourth quarter when trailing. Um. You know, and I remember coming into the year, uh, he had the third fewest pass attempts last year in the second half when trailing. Only Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson had fewer pass attempts last year in the second half when trailing. So, you know, there are a lot of things that we've talked about with Brock and asked the question, what's real? The one thing we have not had really, I mean, he had the Raider game last year right? Which required late game kind of heroics, big throws, that sort of thing. But tonight was a chance for him to kind of stamp a moment on the road. And the, there was a point where I kind of started getting a little excited for him. I'm like, after they missed the field goal, like, all right, you know, you, you can't have comeback moments if you're always leading. So here you go. You, be, you can't be the hero if you're always playing from the front. So here you go. Hero moment, it didn't make it. So the question is, does that does it does it affect in any way the way we look at Brock Purdy after this Monday night game to you? You just have to question if they get in that position, are they going to win the game? And you can't feel confident right now. Uh, not that they can't, but you have to question. You know, in these situations, is. Is he good enough is the wrong way to put it? Just can't he pull it out? Will he do it? Yeah, will he do it? Obviously, he's good enough. We see him make some throws. Like, he's good enough to make passes. Uh, and I don't even think he freaks out, really. I mean, he had a, no. some plays today keeping scrambles alive. It's just, can they execute it? And right now, they feel a little discombobulated. Part of it, you know, I, there was a play. There was a play today when he got sacked. They remember when they called it the fumble and it was clearly like, well, he's either down or it's a pass. But on that play, McKivitz got smoked. I mean, smoked. And uh, it comes down to just the execution of the offense. And, you know, he's taken a beating. I, I, I thought Kyle, again, just some of his shit wasn't working consistently. <laughs> there was a one play where he just got him in some situations where, I don't know how much leeway Brock has, but they ran like a pitch sweep to McCaffrey and they were overloaded on the side. It, it was just one of those classic, does he have the juice? He's out there to just 
flip it or something. Like, I mean, this you can't just run it into the numbers. You got no shot. McCaffrey was a dead man walking before the ball was even snapped. And if your defensive coordinator is going to get fucking worked, Kyle's got to be good. And he's just the previous game against the Browns. Like, okay, that's hard. This team, we got to do better here. Yeah. (laughs) And I understand you're missing Debo Samuel, but Trent's was not an issue tonight, right? With him missing the left tackle felt fine over there. The rotation with the running back, like there are other ways to help Brock. I don't know, run a quick wide receiver screen. There were some good play calls, obviously. There were, but the Kittle, there the were Kittle, also, they're, they're just, I it just feels like he's a little off right now. Well, and they, they, you know, sometimes they get that way when somebody's hurt because he feeds the two guys unlimited passes and touches. Yeah. He just feeds them. There's not. And then now he has to go. Obviously, Jennings plays a big role. And you're watching. You're like, yeah, no shit. Keep passing the ball. Like, I like this guy. Right? This is Kendrick Bourne three years ago. But bigger. like, just utilize this guy. He's good. I uh, watch a lot of NFL football. You don't think like the Panthers and the Bears and how many teams this guy would start for? Well, I'm watching Juwan Jennings and I. Was he going to get like three years, thirty million dollars, eighteen guaranteed? I will say this: He did lead the Niners in targets tonight. He had nine targets. Well, I know, but my point is, yeah. why Why is it so hard? You know, I don't know. Like, why didn't he, why don't they just, use, I guess they did use it. You're saying like third nine is when Jennings gets targeted, is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just, I, I did have a list here I was building of really good Brock throws, John, because somebody made a comment. This is the way I'll summarize. It was not, he was not clutch tonight. I did think he responded to the Browns game in a positive way, just overall. And then the last two drives kind of sunk, you know, like to me, he was, he was rolling towards an A grade and then he totally sunk the thing throwing two picks in the last five minutes. It's a, when you say it that way, like that's a pretty awful way to put it. The first throw that he made on the second drive was that ball to Jennings where he gets absolutely sandwiched. And Aikman says that's as good as it gets right there. Um, He had a huge throw to Ayuk after the Niners had a delay a game. They got him to third and eight over the middle for 25 yards. Minnesota just taking a 10 nothing lead. Um, he had a Kittle hospital ball tonight. Didn't have a <laughs> oh Kittle God. hospital ball tonight. Um, he had a free blitzer coming off the right, the nickel, and he found Ayuk. He stepped up. He had to step up and then roll right and then find Jennings. Um, the first half, the stat, did you hear Aikman say it at halftime coming back? He said, he's You know, the biggest difference in 2023 to 1996 that hospital ball where everyone kind of pulls up used to just be a seven car collision where people just there was no slowing people down those were the balls like the hospital balls literally used to get you the hospital now everyone kind of like kind of rolls over each other everyone kind of sees it the john lynch you know atwater leaping into the air to just collide like those days are over which He's lucky on that because George would have got absolutely George was taken out from like three. He, he did get hit on the hip. I think. Yeah, he did get him. taken out. Yeah. Aikman said at the half, I think this was the stat I was scrambling to write it down, that in the first half, Brock Purdy was nine of 10 for 87 yards against the Blitz, and he was blitzed on 10 of the 14 dropbacks in the first half. Um, hit Kittle for a great 28 yard throw. He had a play with Kittle where he could, it looked like it was second or third and two. And he could have run for it. Uh, this is the beginning of the fourth quarter. 
He could have run for it and instead on the run hits Kittle for a big gainer. He's pretty good the little dump off on the run. That's a play. He had the Lamar Jackson scramble, which was pretty remarkable. It's probably the best yeah. run of his career. Bryce, but he had, se- he had several tonight rolling out throwing that were – that's an element the 49ers did not have with Jimmy G. Yeah. I thought his game overall, he played a losing game at the end because he threw two interceptions the last five minutes. There's no other way to summarize that. And I think what really hurt was he missed the opportunity to kind of have a moment because you're going to need to do this multiple times over the course of a career and over the course of a season. But I thought all in all, as crazy as it sounds, he did a lot of really good things. Just interceptions are, you know, if you have to go back to the old GFF grading system, John, if you have multiple plus 0.5 throws and plus one throws, it's great. And you look at the sheet at the end, you had like seven of them, but you know, the interceptions in the last five minutes are negative two and a half throws and they wipe the whole thing out. Yeah, well, unlike training camp with the picks, you know, whether he threw 10 or zero, they, they, they are devastating, especially in the second half. And an interception is just – and part of the reason they were in a – at a huge disadvantage even once they had the opportunity to get the ball back, and I think some of this is also on the quarterback, is on the play that they got the delay game in the second half, I'm pretty sure it was like a pitch sweep to McCaffrey down kind of the sideline. I I forget. It wasn't like a 20-yard run, but they were just really slow, clearly, to get back to the huddle. And I think some of that time, like we used to talk a lot of shit with Harbaugh on the delay games. You know, part of that, to me, was always on Kaepernick. And when you're the quarterback, it's on you to rally the troops and gather the troops and get them rolling, right? When you get back to the huddle in some of these situations – and then you look up and there's only 10 seconds. Like that's a major problem. Like your rhythm, you set the rhythm of the group. Yeah. Right. And that, that delay a game slash timeout was, was devastating. And that's the difference of 40 seconds and the difference of really rushing it at the end. Right. Cause it felt, it felt rushed at the end, just based on the amount of time they had. And then the moment that he gets tackled in bounds, I think on the first pass, you just, you just you just lose ten seconds like that. Yeah, well, you don't right. hit the first pass too, right? And then you get tackled and bounds on the second one. The yeah, first throw to Kittle over the middle <laughs> was a yeah. dangerous throw. Was dangerous. And Ray, but I, you, I I do think you're allowed. Like I got to have my guy willing to live dangerously. No, you're right. On a on a minute, I got to go get a touchdown. Like that's always been the knock on. Let's say for Derek. Like Derek doesn't live dangerously even in that spot. Like it was checked down. You're like, bro, we've gone 20 yards in a minute. What the fuck are we doing? You do have to push the ball down the field. And in that situation, they know you're pushing the ball. It's just going to be a dangerous throws. Yeah. They're just throws you're not going to make with seven minutes left to go in the third quarter. Right. You, you, I, I guess my point is you get more leeway from the coaching staff to make decisions in that drive than you do in the majority of drives you're going to have throughout the season. I agree. I thought he might have been Kittle interfered with on that play, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how many <laughs> is, is Oliver kind of a penalty machine right now. Well, he's just, I think he's easy to target if you've got a fast guy, you know? Yes. Yeah, speed's not really his thing. He does tackle. Like I think he's made one thing I'll say for Oliver. He seems to make plays in a, he gets beat, but he also makes plays where it felt like Ambry Thomas, gets beat, doesn't also counteract it with positive plays, right? 
Um, Lenore, it was a t- I thought had a tough game. So you know, are they? It would have it would have been really. I mean, with Jefferson, you realize God, their passing offense would be pretty good. Hawkinson, Addison, and Jefferson. Holy shit! <laughs> had some big carries. Yeah. Even that Powell guy was making some plays. Seventeen Wallace. I kind of like their offense. Powell was on the Rams last year, right? Yeah. So I mean, Jordan Addison better than you thought he'd be, or is that how kind of how he looked in college? Um. He's yeah, I think I think he's the type first round pick. I think maybe he just might be the type of guy that just looks the same in the NFL as he looked in college, right? Yeah. Definitely he's his good last player. year SC. Like his pit year was the Blitnikoff Award winner. He got the game ball today. Seven for one twenty three and two tugs will do that for you. Could have had three. He also missed time because he got hurt. So he might have had yeah, could have had three. Um he's He's lived a pretty good. He went Kenny Pickett senior year, Blitnikoff, Caleb Heisman Trophy, Cousins. Like he's he's not used to playing with scrubs at quarterback right now. And he's he's good. I he's got a type. I, I I haven't honestly watched much Minnesota Vikings. I watched the Chiefs game, but the Bears game was unwatchable. Well, they week. looked like peak Thielen and Stephon Diggs tonight. Yeah, they look good with Kirk. I mean, he threw for 378 yards. I mean, that's... 378 yards. If I told you that to start the game, or I mean, to, to coming into the game, you'd say two things. They're either going to score a lot and light up this defense, or he's going to have a lot of hollow yards. Yeah. But it, it's hard to throw for 378 and have just hollow yards, isn't it? Well, that's a lot no, of yards. I, yeah, yeah. It's hard to have hollow yards, but you do see it a lot where you look up a guy throws for 370, the other guy throws for 280. And the guy that threw for 280, his team ran the ball and won by two scores. But tonight, you're right. The 378 was actually the more real number than the 22 points that the Niners kind of bend but didn't break. Held them to 22, which is impressive. But it actually wasn't as good as that. The 370 number is what it felt like. No, because a lot of it were just huge third downs. It, they weren't running for the third downs. He was passing for the third downs. And the time of possession, when you look at it, it was heavy to the Vikings. That's what really tells the game. The, to me, the score doesn't reflect the game as much as the third down conversions and the time of possessions. They held the ball, yeah. and they just kept the ball 20 to 20. Like, right? They, they just kept the ball away from you. And they they ran because part of the time of possession they were plus ten minutes they ran thirteen more plays than the Niners at seven yards per play. You know it's funny, the Niners and Vikings actually were exactly the same yards per attempt yards per um, pass eight point four, but they threw they had they ran sixteen more plays they had fifteen more pass attempts they ran more plays at seven yards per play. That's well, I'll give you an example. Yards. That's a lot more yards. Uh, of specifically on Kyle because it's it's hard to be critical of the Jennings. He targeted him nine times, and Jennings was awesome. Tonight was a good example of, and I get it, Kyle. You fucking love Christian McCaffrey. Newsflash. Everyone does. We all, <laughs> hell, he's probably one of the more popular players in the country right now. If you just went to the average, like, 13-year-old that likes football, everyone likes Christian McCaffrey. Tonight felt like a game early on. It's like, hey. I don't know if the run game is really going to work. If you do, not having a problem. Purdy, slinging that thing around. A lot like the Vikings. Now, it's easier when you have a 15-year veteran or whatever. But still, wouldn't they have been better off instead of hammering McCaffrey, which was not working, 
and even, you know, uh, Troy hit. I think sometimes these coaches, well, they don't have a good run defense. Th- then they're holding him to three yards of carry. And Kyle's like, this is not going to hold. Well, it is holding the night. So just instead of getting 15 carries, how about around the seven, eight carry? Go, you know what is working? Purdy. Sling it all around the yard. You, okay, we're missing Debo. Who cares? You got Ayuk, Kittle, Jawan. Like, you got enough guys to throw. Christian can catch the ball. Why not? How many 30, 30 pass attempts? Do you know what an Andy Reid team would have had tonight with Purdy? 42. Let's be real. Tonight was, and I know the picks at the end, but going, getting to that spot, he should have had eight more attempts. But Kyle, which is a positive on the on the macro, sometimes on the micro, pass the fucking rock. Pass the rock. You got one of the best running backs in recent memory. Okay, it sometimes it just doesn't work. You can have fucking Barry Sanders. Sometimes you just got to scrap the run and pass, which you were doing with ease. Like, who are – they couldn't cover these guys. Ayuk was running all around. You think Kevin O'Connell was obsessed with running the ball? No, he's like, they can't cover my guys. What do you do? And it's not like he was running out Randy Moss, Wait. Chris Carter, and Justin Jefferson. He just and, threw the ball. Yeah, and how about get McCaffrey the ball that way instead, right? You can still get – you saw what happened – and he what, did a couple times. Why, a couple times. More? Two out of the three plays on the three-play scoring drive were Christian. Christian first down, Kittle, Christian touchdown. It was McCaffrey in space. They couldn't cover him. They could not cover him. It was I think it's an un- I think it's uncomfortable. What's crazy is we've talked a lot about Kyle has opened his mind to like getting more aggressive with the pass game relative to Jimmy, and it's true. But relative to the rest of the league, he's really not. Tonight was an easy opportunity to throw it 43 times and score that way. But he's just not inclined to do that. Yeah, I mean, he would tell you he's got some stat that says when he throws it 35-plus times, his team is – and he's bright, right? You think about the games that they've had to throw it a lot. They're not games they win. But but those days are over. I think you got to throw the Jimmy Garoppolo thing out the window. Yeah, but also, like, back to the point of McCaffrey – some pass attempts are rushing attempts. Go watch college football. You want to know why guys are 70% passers? Because they're throwing swing passes to running backs, check downs, screens, right? McCaffrey in space is the same thing as giving McCaffrey the ball. It's McCaffrey getting the ball around the line of scrimmage, except it actually isn't the same. It's very different. It's McCaffrey in space. Well, so, tonight's a good example of like Brian Flores. 40, just, just a- 42 pass attempts doesn't mean 15 yards per attempt. No, I'm exactly. I'm not talking go I routes mean, to Ayuk. You, you could run to some out routes to those guys. You could just some five yard pass attempts, right? Think about early on. You could tell, and I think you felt this the last two weeks, all week long. The defensive coordinator has looked at his defense and going under no circumstance. This guy going for 150 on us on the ground. All you guys downhill, yeah. And you feel it. You're like, God, there's nowhere to go. He's juking and jiving. He's going left. He's going right. There's just fucking (laughs) people jumping at him from every angle. It's like, of course. And then what happens? You drop back. You get one-on-one coverage. But Kyle's like, nope. Got to run my guy. We're all for running the ball. Love your physicality. Let Purdy just sling the rock a little bit. I mean, you're thinking early in the game. I I think you kind of said it, but wasn't it? I thought these guys sucked against the run. (laughs) Right? That's what I thought. Like, oh, these guys suck against the run. It's cool. Well, well that, that, this is the thing in the NFL, right? In college, it doesn't matter what you scheme if you don't have the Jimmys and the Joes. In the NFL, 
Maria's looking at me like, I thought this team was really bad. What's going on here? I'm like, yeah, it's the NFL. They got a bunch of rich guys. Harrison Smith's been to like seven Pro Bowls. I mean, they, they got really good play. They, that guy catching all the passes, a first rounder. Hawkinson, they just extended. These aren't just a bunch of randoms. Kirk Cousins, you might want to Google how much money that guy's earning in the league. It's like $300 million. I mean, that, that team, all Jim of a sudden, Bynum. you kind of go and you're like, God, they're not as bad as you think. I know. And then, especially, here's the other thing. Brian Flores has made a lot of money coaching. So when he has a scheme that he, I'm not saying he just destroyed you, but it definitely neutralized you, you got to pivot. And that's one thing sometimes Kyle doesn't like pivoting off the run, right? You agree with that? Like well, yeah, because, just, we're just going to run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, yeah, run, 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 run. His fundamental philosophy is it will get better the more you do it, right? That's part of it, right? Is you got to commit to it because it's like choosing to – to to swing a log into a door to knock it down instead of using a chainsaw. He's like, well, the door's getting weaker. You just got to keep swinging that log. Well, you run out of time sometimes if you're swinging. You a run log. out of time. Maybe you're just your run game actually is not as good as that concept of breaking down the door, and you're not going to break the door as soon. That guy's going to be out the back alley and be gone by the time you break into the house to arrest him. So, and that's what it felt like tonight. Like you're just. This is not really working, man. This is not really working. And then you look up, like, you're still down. You're still down. It's one thing, tie game or even up two points. Like, okay, just kidney shot, kidney shot. I'm not huge into kidney shots down nine points in the second half. It's like, ah, could we fucking throw a different pitch here? And he'll just like, kidney shot. Pop, well, see this? Kidney shot, kidney right. shot, kidney shot. He did on the one drive where it was McCaffrey, Kittle McCaffrey. And it was McCaffrey, quick throws in space, Gonzo. Yeah, he just, yeah. like you said. I, and Brock, your, to your point, and Brock was playing well. Exactly. Like Brock was making and, plays. And, and even if you go like the five-step droppers, he was making enough plays with his legs if your offensive line gave him some Like, he was kind of getting away. He was not a sitting duck at all. Yeah. Cousins was a sitting duck because he literally is. He can't move. Purdy's like, okay, I'll just kind of roll out here and make something happen and let my guys go deep. I, I, I thought Kyle... His defensive coordinator got a lot to work out. Kyle's stubbornness sometimes with the run game. We're just, it's just a play here, a play there. Just he, a couple yeah. times a night, shotgun, four five wide, quick out, put McCaffrey in the, in the slot, six yards. Just do a well, couple of it, that just to get it, a little momentum. I thought tonight was a reminder that this is a team built to play with a dominant defense. Right. That's the way that you think of like how you're supposed to win. What's unique about them is their offense has so many skill guys. You shouldn't have to play that way. No. <laughs> um, coaching staff should be ashamed. Really I, should. I don't think anything changes for Brock in terms. Somebody asked, how do you think Kyle approaches Purdy this week? I even thought Kyle's answers at the end, watching his press conference, didn't seem to be that mad about Brock's throw at the end of the game or the first one, either pick. So I don't think, he changes anything on Brock this week. Um, Shady Luke says, scary part is the Eagles defense getting better and better with a new coordinator, and they just added Kevin Bayard. Trade. Titans. To me, the, the Eagles, even with their quarterback issue, are just healthier. I mean, just I talked to a hard. buddy who was at the game last night. He thought he thought Jalen looked hurt. He's like, he looks hurt. Like his knees. We came out with a knee brace right yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Um, Matt, Here's the problem. Yeah. Niners have lost two games in a row off short week, and they're playing the Bengals off a of bye. Who John Bengals Dickens have had some only, issues, but they get Joe Burrow is one of the best players in the game. 
John Dickinson told me this is a, exactly a year to the day the Niners lost back-to-back games last year. And Which makes sense. Lost they got McCaffrey lost to the Chiefs. <laughs> and then they and then they played the Dolphins. Purdy, uh, Jimmy goes down. Purdy comes in. They never lose. Yeah. Matt says, uh, tush push, just give them the yard and take a free shot on the QB with a 600-pound pushing them. It'll get banned. Old era, easy way to take the QB out. I'm fine not banning the tush. I don't want to have some debate about it, but. I, I'm not pro ban the tush push. The goal is to go from a, just you got to cover 100 yards, however you can do it. You want to do it rugby style? Do it rugby style. I don't care. Why? Why, why do I care? You want to put your? I think I saw. I think I saw Fortenbaugh put on his Instagram or Twitter that he's like, in a day and age, I get angry when coaches go for fourth and one in the shotgun. That's what angers yeah. me. We're getting angry about a play that's working. Good take, Joe. I was like, yeah, I kind of agree. The, tush I agree. Push. the only thing that's weird about the tush push is the way that everyone lines up now. <laughs> like the defense lines, especially when you do it on the goal line, like the Vikings did today. Niners didn't give a fuck about the snap count. Right. And they got I do think that, the illegal snap. I do think the Niners tush push. There could be, there could be a violent outcome on that play. Niners defense or offense. I could see Fred lining up seven yards and just going full speed, but not going over, going straight. Going and they kind of like last second kind of spread, and he just comes at Kelsey. Yeah, I could Kelsey see something happen. Someone eventually is going to get it. Someone eventually oh. is not going to get up. Well, well, the play that Warner made on Cousins going over the top tonight was a pretty dangerous play for Cousins and for Warner, but for Cousins, Fred almost missed him. Almost went, yeah, almost beat it, like almost <laughs> went over all the way. The other play I thought was interesting was, and I wonder if the Vikings are coached on this. The Niners got that delay a game when the Vikings jumped and hit the center, when the, uh, they were like deep in Niners territory. And when it the, went to zero, zero. Yeah. And the, and he hit, and I wonder if they're coached, if you see zero knowing that the refs are like, Oh, we'll give them a beat before the snap. Right. If you see zero hit them, cause then it forces them to call the delay a game as opposed to it hit zero. The whole thing where like all the time you watch the NFL and somehow snaps are getting off. Why wouldn't every defensive lineman immediately go on zero? Yeah, I, it feels like they were coached to do it. Now, maybe it depends, like, is your play clock in the line of sight? But pretty smart play. It, 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 was, it was. Yeah, right? it usually right is right him. there. So yeah. I thought pretty pretty smart play by, by Minnesota on that. Would it shock you if Flores got that from Bill? No. Yeah. I mean, that was. They had a little bit tonight at points. toward the. They had more urgency. Felt like they lacked a little urgency as a squad. The whole game or late or what do you just early, or just early on, just a little lack of just urgency. I don't know. And something's about when they're not running the ball well, it just feels a little off because he'll keep slamming the run. Just feels like they, God, there's just no ebb and flow to this really. Yeah, it's, I mean it's been a there's been a tried and true thing with Kyle. When the run game doesn't work and he doesn't just free for all pass first, second, third down. It can feel a little clunky on offense. Yeah. Like the, Kevin O'Connell just said, fuck it. We'll just throw it every play. You know, it can feel clunky on offense, but again, like I thought they had, when I say clunky on offense, no, I just, meant I, it was there. It was there to score 30 points tonight. Just throw the ball. Ayuk was open all night long. Yeah. Hell, what Jennings I was, gonna, was open. All what night I was going to say though, is it felt like they moved the ball fine. You know, 
not fine, but I felt like they had, even despite the fact they couldn't run the ball, I was like, you know, 10 play, 58 yards, 12 play, 80 yards, missed field goal touchdown, end of the half, second half, bad, bad series punt, three play, 75 yard touchdown drive, six play field goal drive, seven play drive pick, five play drive pick, like more rhythm in the second half. First half was pretty bad. That, that, that first half was bad. Just in general. Uh, John, listen. Five for 35, the first possession after the turnover, they fumble it. Then they go 10 for 58 and miss the field goal. Then they go 12 for 80, score a touchdown, and then the half's over. Like three possessions, basically. Yeah, d- defense was bad. Couldn't get off the field. Couldn't get off. They had three uh, possessions in the first half. Well, f- yeah, basically. Three. They got the ball back with you know, after the Addison touchdown was seven seconds, Nelt went to oh, the locker yeah, room. Yeah. That doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three possessions, counting the interception possession. What was the score at halftime? Uh, 16 to seven? Seven, yeah. Well, they were they went touchdown 10. Yeah, missed, missed extra point. So 16 to seven. Yeah. No sacks. Yeah, no sacks. Um, I had one other thing for you on that, but. I don't remember. Oh, I know. Moody, feel okay about him after he drills the 55-yarder? Or, or uh, I tweeted officially a problem after the first miss, and then, and then he hit well, one from the logo. It, I mean, it was a bit because it was the same exact kick that he had against Cleveland, but there's no wind in a dome, and it was never going to – it was never online. Yeah. So now he, you're thinking – so he, so he doesn't even know where it's going. It felt like this guy's lost. And then they go to him on the sideline. And like you said, his expression never changes. But you just go, this is not sustainable. But this can't, you can't just keep rolling this guy out and missing kicks. When he rolled him out for the 55 yard line, he was kind of stuck, right? Can he go for, what was it, fourth and five or fourth and six? Yeah. yeah. Like Kyle's sneaky deep down does not want to go for this. But he's he's not going to punt. So he's going to roll this guy out for a 55 yard field goal. And I think Troy mentioned, and it's just true, the only thing he can do, right? He can't, he's not Butch Harmon, so he can't work on his motion. Like, he knows nothing about the cook, the the swing, the toes, the plants. It's all positive and negative. It's all, are you building them up? Are you bringing them down? Are you willing to keep rolling them out and show confidence in them? And I'll give him credit because all Kyle can do with this kicker, he cannot coach him up. Just like to me, Brian Schneider, they don't have anyone who can help him pushing and and hooks. That's on Moody, his personal coach, and maybe Wisnowski knows some Utah people. So it's all going to be positive reinforcement and confidence. And you can't deny that he showed him confidence running him out for a 55-yarder. Just giving him that opportunity. I I still believe in you. Yep. I mean, I think it's he's at a point where if he doesn't, if he would have went for it, which he didn't want to do, it would have been like, I just don't trust my kicker right now to yeah. kick a 55 yard field goal. And the only reason you draft a guy in the third round is because he got this fucking great leg, which he put one out of the end zone. Uh, but yeah, I think if the only way you don't run him out there for that kick is if you've made the decision, we are finding another kicker this week. But if you're not making that decision, then you got to run him out there for that kick because you got to give him a chance. To redeem himself. Maybe he's better from 55. Well, no, I don't think he is. But what about he after drilled, he missed he the kick? He missed it, the man. kick. 
and then they're like breaking down his pregame and he's slipping all over the yard and they're talking about his different cleats. I'm like, oh my God, this is really what we're discussing right now. This is this is officially a major problem. He can't get cleats right, he's slipping, he's not making kicks. This is this is a debacle draft pick. I mean, a debacle. This is you miss on the Danny Grays on the Ty Davis prices. No one ultimately notices because you just funnel in new guys. When you miss on a kicker, it is just in your face. There is just, I, you could be a two win team or you could be a 12 win team. The guy just ends up kicking a decent amount and you just feel it. <laughs> it's a great point. It feels equally bad. Almost feels worse if you're on a 12 win team. Definitely. Well, you're just playing in bigger games, clearly. But. You felt, I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, you're like, is our kicker any good? I mean, could we get back in this? Can this guy make kicks? You'd be yeah. thinking about that too. Yeah. Moody's not alone. I mean, most kickers miss a lot of kicks. It's why the t- the upper echelon you feel so good about. And the 49ers had a guy in a weird way was, he's not like some, I wouldn't say Robbie Gold, some all-time great, but he did become very reliable for them when they really needed him. He was very reliable. He felt like one of the Giants relievers. None of them were Mariano Rivera, but in big spots, the Affelts, the Romos, the Lopezes, they just fucking came through. And that was Robbie Gold's MO in the three playoff runs. And you're watching early on, you go, they could be like the two seed in the first round. What if they're in a tie? I mean, do you trust this guy in a playoff game? You trust this guy in a playoff game. Because you well, have to go into every playoff game. I don't give a shit who you're playing. How big the point spread is in the first round? There's a chance it's 10-10 in the third quarter. And you're and you're you're it's fourth and seven. You it's thirty, you know, thirty-eight yard field goal. Is he gonna miss it at Levi's or gonna hit it? I'll tell you my take, and I had this take a few Are they winning the division right now? Well, I mean, they're Eagle uh Seahawks are four and two. The good news is the Seahawks play the Browns and the Ravens next next two weeks. Uh they win one of those games, it feels kind of scary. You beat the Bengals and they go one and one or maybe 0-2 in that stretch, you're coming out of a bye feeling different than you feel on Monday night. But just to Moody, I made the point like a month ago, I think, and I'd forgotten about it till just now. I don't think he's choking when he misses. I think he's just miss. I don't, I think to you, like you say, he doesn't know where it's always, doesn't always know where it's going. I think he's just straight missing it, which I don't honestly know which is worse. Like on one hand, I'd rather the guy not be choking, which I don't think he's choking. I think he just straight is an inconsistent kicker right now does that make well, sense the guy well, which is not well, good let's i mean use, not, let's use I, the golf analogy colin morikawa is one of the better ball strikers in like pj tour history cannot putt it's not because he's scared to make a putt he's literally just terrible you cannot rely on him making putts he misses everything he actually hits some in the zozo he won it by six it's like if he hits putts he's awesome well, it's like, okay, and I kind of agree with you. Like, I don't think he's the moment's too big or he's super nervous. But it's also a problem if he has no clue where it's going and he's right. just not good right now. How do you, like, it's kind of a double whammy. I don't know if it's mechanical, but it's definitely mental. And that's just nothing the coaching staff can do, right? Like, Kyle can get with Brock and they can go over every play and he can hit it on, it on the nuanced highest level of what we could have done, what we can't do when we see this. None of them can do that with a kicker. Not a soul. That, that to me, is the scariest part. He's kind of on an island to, like, fix it himself. 
Besides, like, oh my, you know, Kyle told Kyle believed in me, rolled me back. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> believing like, in him is the issue here, or him believing in himself is the issue. I think he just. I, I, I'll <laughs> say this: field goal range, get the ball to the. It was just the third down play's got to be priority. Get the ball to the middle of the field. <laughs> Keep it off the hash marks. Hash marks feel like trouble right now for him. Well, I, I think one key is going to be to just go through like a three game stretch where he's just like seven of seven. Yeah. And just has a very good stretch and almost like you forget about it a little bit. Cause let's face it. Bengal game. Second quarter, 10, 10, you roll him out. Is anyone confident that he's going to hit the field goal? Extra I guess if it was 10, 10, he'd already hit one. Let's just say seven, seven. Extra points are a little scary to me. Yeah, I mean, everything. Anytime he rolls out, it's impossible to think it's going through the upright. Um, I think Kyle still believes in Brock. But, man, if he ever gets to a point where he doesn't, Kirk Cousins look freaking good tonight. That's all I'll say about that. I don't think – I think we're a long way from him. I thought – I I think he walked away like we're 5-2. and two. We got bigger. Fi- I think he's pissed at the defense. It occurred to me during the game: Is Kyle going to say like we and they? Like they got to get that figured out tonight. Of course he didn't, but that's what it felt like. Even though his team only scored, his his side only scored seventeen. Um, but yeah, man, Jamar Chase healthy, John. Well, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I bet they're all going to be rested. <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. Team's got a little momentum. Their defensive coordinator, Lou Amaruno. Schrager has like a podcast where he just has like has random yeah. coaches on. Had him on. Just pretty impressive his story from New York, the way he kind of came up. He's just old good. name, but not an old guy, right? Yeah, I think he's probably early mid fifties. Yeah. But he's only been in the league probably since like the mid to late two thousands. Coached yeah. a lot, you know, came up like the Harvards, a lot of random schools. Uh I just think that if Cousins can do that to you, we know that a guy that just got $200 million, if he's on, can do it to you, right? Joe Burrow is an objectively better player than Kirk Cousins. Yes. Not not necessarily on. Like, that version of Kirk is, like, a high level. Like That's that's a top five week. Kirk can look like a tier one quarterback. Yeah, that was a tier one match. But my point is, like, Joe Burrow can have that exact same night, too, right? Yeah. I, I'm, we'll see. I mean, I think the Niners might, unfortunately, I think they might be a better home team, which most teams are, except for the you Texans. Know, one, 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 the Astros are bound to kind of blow it. Or maybe it was the Astros. Who was just... bad on the road then? The year was the Astros. Yeah. One thing that, like tonight, it wasn't a physical bloodbath like the Browns. I didn't feel like the defense just played hard. like they were just out there running around a lot. Like they're yeah. gonna be gassed. Like you're just gonna have the normal practice in 24 oh, hours on Wednesday. Yeah, the Niners defense is gonna be worn out yeah. someday when they play a rested Bengals team. That's a good point. I agree with you. Like I heard someone Bosa say last gassed. week Bosa got gassed. Bosa at one point like pointed the sideline, like get me out. I heard last week Campbell, I think Lombardi said on his podcast, Dan Campbell with the Lions, they basically just had like a a glorified walkthrough on Wednesday because he's like, we're pretty beat up and tired. And and he was saying, like, when I saw that, I thought, like, God, I really like the Ravens this week. 
But I think Dan was just like, we're just kind of beat up. We're just not healthy enough to practice on Wednesday. Are the Niners just having a normal practice on Wednesday after that? And after what they just went through a week ago? I mean, it just feels like they almost need to take a breather here and just get their mentals right. Physically, that's not, what what are we proving in practice, right? Let's just have Wilkes, Fred, Nick, Pow Wow, and Kyle and everyone just like, let's just be willing to pass the ball a little bit more. And, you know, the thing with the Bengals, if they are right, they are likely to get uh, more than 22 points. You yeah. Know, Jordan Addison is pretty good. Jamar Chase is better. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Hawkinson's, I didn't, he's pretty good. And Laporte is really good. Like, that's a win win trade, right? Yeah. Win win. All right. Kills buddies with him. I mean, shit. Oh, man. I, is it me or is I, I was sucked, but God, they got good tight ends. <laughs> Is National Tight Ends Day happen like four times a year? I don't know. It feels like it's like National Tight End Month. Did that ever exist before these guys came around? No, I think it's all Kittle. Like these guys? You know. what, you, what you mean? You think uh, Zach Ertz started it? Yeah, no. Gronk, did Gronk? Yeah, maybe no, it was Gronk just Kittle. Didn't start huh? National Tight Ends Day, Gronk. So Kittle oh, just started it. I'm pretty sure. Tight end. We definitely U- started Tight End University. Yeah, I think it's all Kittle. So I'd imagine those two exchange jerseys 40. I mean, this is a good point. 40 dropbacks and no sacks. My personality is just completely different. Kittle Kittle's and I understand he's optimistic, positive guy, his ability to smile when they're completely fucked. I know know. is, is I, I lean more like Kyle who just looks like I'm going to fucking have a stroke over here on the sideline. You need guys like that, John. You need a balance. No, you can't. You can't have a bunch of negative. If you had all Kyles, it place would be miserable. You need some John Lynches. Do you think Troy stopped coloring his hair? Uh, you think he was? I it was felt like he the did. lighting. It looked oh, it covered. looked pretty gray. It looked like all gray, but maybe it was really? I feel like he cut it shorter. So maybe I got. That's a good question. I gotta. I gotta look. He looks healthy though. He looks healthy. Well, you see, he's got a new girlfriend who. Got a little no. trouble uh, shoplifting in like 2017. I don't know. That happens. No, she claimed, I think she sued Nordstrom's that it was a lie, wrongful. You know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't really click on the story. Couldn't good looking young lady though. When keyword young, you know, I think I'd, I'd guess early mid twenties. You see, the maybe, maybe, tw- maybe now 27, 28. Oh, Oh, Oh yeah. Okay. I remember the other girl. Oh, yeah. He was married or or engaged to like a socialite in Dallas that clearly, you know, broke off. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Haley. Haley Clark. There you go. All right. It's just a man, you know, making 18 a year. Just (laughs) trying to have a good time. (laughs) He makes way more calling games he ever did as a quarterback. Uh, Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Although he made good money as a quarterback. He did remember he Aikman spearheaded in the late 90s. The quarterback were separate from the NFLPA. Yeah, they had their own like union. The QBs did for you know whatever uh, uh, trading cards and all that kind of stuff. So guys always thinking they're bigger in the team, you know. <laughs> they really do. 
No wonder the linemen always get a little bitter when they're probably That's no you, line room. The linemen are like, oh, they think they can just hand me the ball and I spike <laughs> it and they're one of us. Buy me a watch. Watch me go recover this fumble. Flop. All right. Um, on that note. I'm Addy. Yep. Niners not in prime time next Sunday, John. Welcome, Bob. Huh? Bob Melvin. Yeah, oh, did that, did that happen? No, but it's you know it's pretty clear. Yeah, I, I uh, a source, John slash a listener, who's who's big in the baseball uh, community, sent me a DM. He said um, he said that Donnie Ecker, the Rangers hitting coach that used to be Gabe's hitting coach, Rangers going to the World Series. Last I checked, this guy, this DMer, told me Donnie Ecker and Bochi falling out. Ecker's on his way out. Farhan wants him. Maybe to be the hitting coach, but Posey and Will Clark have other ideas. These are this is what the source is telling me <laughs> that Posey and Will have the ear of the owner. I'm not here to spread rumors. Uh, this is a reliable DMer, John. And um, who do they want? Who do you think they want? Vote? No, uh, no, no. Hitting coach. Pat the Hunter Pence. Oh, Pat the Bat. Why, how is Bochi having a falling out with his hitting coach? They hit like 17 home runs a game. Yeah, but you know, it's it's not his guy. I don't I don't know if it's his guy. You know, he was like a he was like a Bay Area personal instructor type, a lot of video, kind of was not like in the pro baseball pipeline, was not man, was not coaching in the big leagues. I don't know. I don't know how. But if was that, he like on the cat the Kapler health kick where he only eats grilled chicken, Bochi wants be. to eat like steak and beer? Yeah, I don't know. But again, that's just that's just a DMer here spreading rumors. So we'll see how it all plays out. But this is Bruce Bochy's fifth World Series as a manager, and every single one is. Well, I don't really remember the Padres. Randy Myers, they got swept, right? If you're gonna lose, you lose the Yankees dynasty. It's not the worst thing in the world, right? Yeah. But anyway, all right. Adios. Have a great week, everybody. Later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.